William Branham Historical Research Podcast. I'm your host, John Collins, the author and founder of William Branham Historical Research at william-branham.org. And with me, I have my co-host, researcher, and friend, James Goad. And together, we're discussing the very weird things that preachers say, why they say them, and how they relate back to the Lateran healing revivals of the late 1940s through the 1960s. James, today we have one of the most interesting topics that in all of my research in the, what is it now, over a decade of time I've spent researching <laughs> William Branham and the healing revivals, this is the most interesting topic, and it is the most difficult topic to explain because there are so many moving parts. Charles and I, we hint at this topic just a bit in various episodes as we go through the timeline because this is woven all through the message, but people don't catch it because they really don't know this history. And honestly, without knowing this history, you really can't understand William Branham and the white supremacy and the agendas and the you know, the underlying themes that are woven through Branham's end-of-days doomsday theology. <clears throat> it was a very common theology among all of the white supremacists, and understanding this is very critical. I really don't think that we're going to do it justice in one single episode, but it is linked to a very weird thing that ministers say. <laughs> we're talking about <laughs> communism, and, you know... To an outsider who visits a, one of these churches that was a result of not just the message, but today we're delving a bit deeper into the white supremacy of the South. To a normal person who is familiar with history, or simply <laughs> who has went to middle school or high school, and they go into one of these sermons and you hear the minister say that Russia is communist— they're like, wait a minute, man. No, it's not. <laughs> it, is not it has not been communist since Mikhail Gorbachev. <clears throat> but you're going to hear these ministers say this, and I'm really fascinated with the history, and I'm really interested to get into the why that they say this. And you and I just discussed before we started recording, this could be a whole series, and maybe we will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the things that, it's been so fascinating for me in looking into this topic. Like you said, it just goes in all sorts of different places. It's woven in so deeply and it just, it spiders its way throughout the, the movement and, um, it's influences from there's politics involved in this. There's religion. There's, um, you know, organizations that have nefarious purposes. It's, there's all sorts of avenues to attack this from. And like you said, it's going to be just about impossible to do this topic justice from just one overview of an episode. But we're hoping that we can kind of just get in and kind of hit some of the high points and just, you know, give you a taste of what's going on here. Right. And we mentioned in one of the previous episodes, I can't remember which, we talked about the hatchet granny, which is another funny, you know, we could do a whole episode. Maybe we will do a whole episode on that as well. But the history behind that actually ties into this. So it gets really weird when you lay it all out. Yeah, so I guess one of the best places to start here is is with this clip, and and this is something this kind of stuff you hear a lot in message churches, and it's things that Branham said himself 
that message ministers repeat and they and they say it and because the prophet said it it's repeated as the gospel and there's no actual investigation to see whether this is this is true or not it's just this is just the way it is this is message canon this is what we say and this is what we promote because the prophet said it but this minister has an interesting uh take on and it's really Branham's take like i said that he's repeating but there's an interesting take here on communism the relation between communism education civilization and science so let's take a look and see what we think about it écoutez attentivement says, listen carefully il l'a fait par la civilisation it's through civilization aujourd'hui today saviez-vous que do you know that la civilisation civilization la science science l'instruction Inst- uh, education et les choses que nous chérissons tellement aujourd'hui and all the things that we so cherish today sont l'instrument même de satan these are the very instruments of the devil des choses que nous chérissons all these things that we cherish la civilisation civilization la science science l'éducation education les choses que nous chérissons aujourd'hui sont l'instrument même de Satan. These are the very things the devil uses pour déformer, to deform. Déformer c'est, c'est dans le mauvais sens. Deform means to make something bad, something worse. Frère Branham dit, Brother Branham says, quel est le dieu du communisme? What is the god of communism? Le communisme c'est la civilisation. Communism is civilization. L'éducation, education. La science, science. C'est la science, it's science. Le scientifique, scientist. Le science, science. Dieu de la science, the god of science. Avec ça, il utilise comme le spray. He takes it as a spray pour empoisonner les and gens. And to poison people avec la civilisation through moderne, civilization avec la science through education l'éducation il est en train de déformer the devil is deforming people <laughs> education is of the devil man <clears throat> that is such a theme that we've heard growing up i'm sure you heard it i i have talked to people from various states who have escaped the message and there's some of them that you know they're doing really well i'm i'm really surprised but they weren't allowed education and those that were they you know many of them were homeschooled from parents who did not support education so what they got was barely enough to survive the tests <laughs> that they have in the schools <clears throat> but like i said earlier this is a direct result of hatchet granny it's kind of funny we talked about Hatchet Granny, Carrie Nation, who from Kansas was a smasher of saloons, and she would carry his hatchet, and she would go in and just several thousand dollars of whiskey. She would just bust up, you know, right there on the scene, and she got infamous for it. Well, one of the first saloon, the first saloon that she ever busted was a guy that was named J.W. Winrod, <clears throat> and the Winrod Saga it also is deserving of another full episode because it is so freaky weird it ties from you know early 1800s it goes all the way up through the latter rain 
revivals through Winrod's J.W. Winrod's son, <clears throat> then his son, so it would be the grandson of J.W. Winrod, he goes to, I want to say it's like 20 minutes from uh, Mountain Home, Arkansas, and in the year 2000, he made national newspapers for his white supremacy and his ties to all of this, and <clears throat> there's this heavy, heavy, heavy um, concentration of white supremacy around that area, and if you're, you're in the message, you just recognize that name, because that's one of the biggest concentrations of message believers there, too, so it's really weird, but Hatchet Granny was, Carrie Nation was a, um, she was in the temperance movement. She was very strongly anti-alcohol, and as it became into Americans' prohibition history, she was one of the heavy hitters, <laughs> literally heavy hitters. <clears throat> and um, anyway, she allegedly inspired this J.W. Winrod. If you look at the whole history, it kind of looks like this was set up, but that aside, J.W. Winrod's son, who was um, Gerald Burton Winrod. Gerald Burton Winrod was nicknamed the Jayhawk Nazi in the Kansas Hitler for his deep ties to the Nazi party and fascism in the United States. And he's one of the key figures that was named in the Great Sedition Trial of 1944. He was a heavy, heavy hitter spreading Nazism in the United States. There was a book called The Protocols of the Elders of Zion, and he was one of the key figures in the United States spreading this. It was a very, very Nazi book. I mean, spreading the Nazi, Nazi agenda. In the early 1920s, I believe it was, there was a former Secretary of State and three-time presidential nominee, William Jennings Bryan. And Brian took this firm stance against the theory of evolution in the United States. And he began to just fully blast the American school system. And this was approximately 1925, I believe it was. And he called it a duel to the death against the education system and started giving speeches. And these speeches eventually nicknamed him with the title of prophet and the defender of the Christian faith. Well, what happened was, after his death, which happened just shortly after these speeches, he had labeled the whole South the defender of the Christian faith, and <clears throat> the South was rising up against the education system. He died, and then there were several figures, but one prominent figure, which was Gerald Burton Winrod, who carried the torch, and Gerald Burton Winrod took that phrase, the Defenders of the Christian Faith, and created a movement called the Defenders of the Christian Faith. And they went around holding all of these conventions, and they he joined with Paul Rader, who was the, the man who wrote William Branham's Only Believe theme song. Um, Ralph Rader was involved in this. Ralph Rader was from Jeffersonville, Indiana. Um, you got F.F. Bosworth, who was connected to it. You've got Congressman William D. Upshaw, who was connected to it. Gerald Burton Winrod was in the World Fundamentalists Association with Roy Davis, William Branham's mentor. So you got all of these key figures who were deeply connected to this thing. And they were, they were literally fighting the education system. And 
this, as we're going to go in this episode, <clears throat> this literally becomes this massive fight against communism. Yeah, it's it's funny to think, I you know, when we brought up Hatchet Granny in the one episode, I kind of thought, I thought, well, that was that was an interesting character that we brought up, and and we, but then to see the ties and see the influences that you know the different people that she was working with and 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 stuff like that, and how it all trickles on down to Branham eventually. <laughs> <laughs> it all trickles back down, but uh, but yeah, no, it's it's amazing the 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 anti education movement in the message is so strong, and and I've said before that you do have some ministers in some places who do have more of an educated background, and they don't they're not so anti education, but there's always a tinge of even if they're a little favorable, there's always a tinge of at the end of the day, Satan is the god of education, and therefore get as much of it as you need to get done what you got to do. But, you know, don't, don't live in education longer than you have to is pretty much the warning that, that they give you across the pulpit. But, but there's a lot of message churches that are heavily, heavily anti-education. And when you look and you see a minister talking about how communism, the, 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 the God of communism is civilization, science, and education. Um, all of those things have given us really cool stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I'm really glad that we have civilization and we're not just barbarians murdering each other or, uh, you know, sacrificing children. You know, that, that's good. I I like that. Um, I like that about America and, and the world at large. Um, you know, science, um, we get really cool stuff. We've got cars, We've got planes, uh, we've got televisions, we've got computers. Those are really cool things. I'm really glad we have those things, you know, and then education. Um, you know, I love education. I, I'm, I'm glad that we, we can be more educated these days, you know, to the extent of what we know. Um, there's always more to learn. Um, but you know, it's, it's crazy to think all the things that, all the great things that civilization, science and education have brought us. And to say that these are the gods of communism. I mean, what is this minister really trying to say? Is he, you know, saying that we should go back to the Stone Age and, and get rid of our civilization, get rid of our education, get rid of our science, you know, and live in the woods? Is, 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 is that what we're really saying here? And go back to a barbarianistic <laughs> lifestyle? I mean, it's just like, what is, you take these things to a logical conclusion and, and where are we going is, is really the big question in all of this. Yeah, it's just so weird. And, you know, what it really boils down to is it's loaded language because communism really, it's not a religious movement by no means. It is a political movement. It was derived from Karl Marx's class system. You know, you could say that Marxism has this God. I mean, even that's really loose because Marx Marx was an atheist. So there isn't a really correlation between communism or Marxism and religion. It's, it's literally just a class system. Now it is, it has become and evolved into anti-religion, which we'll get into in a a bit because there was a, there's political factors driving this from atheist men who carried the torch of communism. But 
from its inception, it was literally just a class system. It was, we have a democracy in our country. Well, they had a class system in their country. And if you were born into this class, you were going to be a welder. You know, it's, <clears throat> it's, it's an awful thing. Don't get me wrong. But it isn't what they have made it out to be without the loaded language. And much of that loaded language came <laughs> directly from Nazi Germany. I mean, <laughs> most of what we know about Winrod's deep, dark secrets came from the aftermath of the sedition trial. Um, Winrod and I think there were like 30 different men and movements that had collaborated together to undermine the morale of the United States troops during the World Wars. And uh, 1944, I want to say it's January, they were they were indicted, and <clears throat> this whole thing was exposed as a Nazi plot. And what's really interesting is <laughs> in 19, what was it? I think it was 1934. I'm trying to look up my notes here, but I think it was 1934 that Winrod was a, you know, just a, no-name minister who's preaching against evolution, who he's really struggling financially, doesn't have a whole lot of money. And then he takes this visit to this trip and visits Germany where he meets with Hitler's personal representative, Hans Reitenkrantz. After this, he comes back to the United States and suddenly <laughs> he's got more money than he knows what to do with. And <clears throat> the... the Newspapers labeled it like this. In 1934, Winrod was a poor, struggling, revivalist minister who declared Hitler to be spreading paganism. And he said, the paper goes on to say, in the fall of that same year, however, Winrod suddenly changed. Somehow and somewhere, he obtained enough money to finance a trip to Germany and remain there for several months. When he returned in 1935, he cleaned up all of his outstanding debts and <laughs> lump sums by check. And he boasted to his satisfaction of his creditors that while in Germany, he had met important Nazi officials and began to publish pro-Nazi statements in his magazine, The Defender. And one of the statements they gave was, Nazism and fascism are patriotic and nationalistic. Communism is not. And remember, the Nazis were strongly against communism and Russia. He said, hence the three forms of government, Nazism and fascism are as far in advance of Bolshevism, I can't say that word, <laughs> in the 20th century, <clears throat> from the Dark Ages. And um, you know, these, these statements are just woven all through his speeches after this. And he is one of the key figures. I mean, he's the leader of the defenders of the Christian faith. This was strongly linked to fundamentalism in the United States. If you are one of the churches that your church is saying evolution is of the devil and every school system that is that is teaching evolution, they were inspired by Satan. This came from Winrod. You know, I'm not saying evolution's right or wrong, but that's where this came from. And so it evolved over time into this thing where because Winrod is against communism and because he's also against the current education system and he's a religious pseudo-Christian man, well, they, people took these leaps to connect all of this together to eventually say that communism was a god of its own and it's anti-education. We'll get into this a bit further, but throughout the course of the healing revival, as Russia becomes an imminent threat to the United States, and it was at that time communist, 
you had all of these men who had these deep connections to the defenders of the Christian faith movement, like William Branham, like his mentor, Roy Davis, the imperial wizard of the Klan, that they started linking this then to Russia, because Russia, again, was communist at that time. And these ministers that are offshoots from this movement, which, you know, we'll get into those clips a bit more too, they will still tell you that Russia is anti-religion, anti, you know, they, they still say it's communist. It's not a communist country. And, you know, it's, it's so weird, man, because not only are they incorrect on it being a, you know, communism is spreading through Russia and it's dominating. Russia is largely Christian, <laughs> Christian country. It, Christianity in Russia is the most widely professed religion in the country. Yeah. One of the most fascinating things when you really start looking into this early history and some of these movements that we were influenced by is how much politics is mixed in with what's going on in religion. And you see so many times that political figures are tapping the ministry and saying, hey, we've got this this thing that we want you to promote. We want you to say, we want you to help influence, help, you know, uh, gird the minds of of the of the people of of the country and and help them you know in our fight against this against this movement here and you know we hear the phrase a lot you know separation of church and state there's good reasons for that um when you get a radical <laughs> a r- religion in charge of the state uh, a lot of bad things can happen you know <laughs> and uh you know so there's 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 reasons for stuff like that and and i i've seen a lot of ministers say that you know um you know, the, 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 the people in politics, the separation of church and state is, is just so they can be godless. You know, they take God out and it's like, okay, we all agree. We all have different backgrounds. You know, you've got, you know, you know, Muslim people, you've got, you know, Catholic people, you've got, you know, Pentecostal people and, and they're all in, in, in politics. And it's like, okay, we're, we agree to check, we agree to check our religion at the door, but we don't agree to check our morals at the door, you know? And it's like, there's a difference there, you know? And according to the people who are in these churches, who are in these movements, they see it as the minister, the, the head figure that's, that's saying it to them. And so they think it's coming from inside their movement when really it's an external force applying pressure to try to get a message to flow through for their own purposes. I read in an academic article here recently, it is very, very extraordinary the way that it describes these regimes. It says they must create maximum insecurity in the people that they control. And so how do you create maximum insecurity? Through disinformation. This is the whole goal to controlling people in communism is create this insecurity. And so what's the word that's often associated with communistic regimes? Propaganda. But did you know that word actually is started with the Catholic Church? And it's about propagating faith, propagating the doctrine. So this propaganda is now the dissemination of information that's intended to promote a particular view. Where this went from here is, you know, you've got Gerald Burton Winrod, who's got this entire campaign against the education system and he starts weaving in this anti-communist rhetoric but even the word communism with him was a loaded language when you hear the word communism in these ministries you're really thinking okay they're talking about the political system of russia or china but from 
the religious movement that was created, that's not really what it was. It was that, but there was this strong theme of anti-Semitism in the early religion. Winrod was also one of the chief leaders in this. They, it began as not quite racist, but pseudo-racist, the British Israelism theology. And if you go back to our historical timeline podcast, you, you can kind of get that understanding of what that was. But it was essentially the notion that the 12 tribes of Israel, um, whenever, they, <clears throat> whenever they were lost, the, the Jews that we see now um, you know, returning to the homeland, those weren't the true Jews. There were the, the true tri- lost 12 tribes of Israel landed in the British Isles. So that was the weird pseudo-archaeological, pseudo-Christian notion. Well, Winrod was one of the spearheads of this. You also had Gordon Lindsay, who was William Branham's first campaign manager and <clears throat> largely responsible for the World War II healing, post-World War II healing revival. He was a key figure in this. He was speaking in this thing. And what it evolved into over time, and again, we're going to get, we're actually going to get into this more in the historical timeline podcast, so you can check it out there. But what it began with as a result of Winrod's work was that the Jews were essentially the bad guys. And they created this also, <laughs> this, this is conspiracy theory, and it's false conspiracy theory. They claimed that the Jews, the false Jews, were the ones who created communism. And the false Jews and communism were trying to infiltrate the United States. They persuaded most of the Southern, well, and all of the white supremacists. I mean, ever, if you're a white supremacist, you believed this. <clears throat> they persuaded a large portion of American religion that these false Jews had created communism for the specific purpose of invading the United States government. And then you get into all this like McCarthyism, where they're singling out different men. And if, if your political position doesn't match mine, well, that's a communist. That's a communist who's coming in to infiltrate our country. And it turned into, <laughs> we hear Trump saying witch hunt. It was an actual witch hunt back then. It's, it's so, so weird. That morphed into the civil rights movement. And all of the people of that mindset began to say that the civil rights movement was a planned strategy by these communists from the Jews to infiltrate the United States and cause race mixing in the United States. That was, that was the premise of this. So there's this weird history, but in the end, what it was was a very strategic propaganda scheme to try to persuade the American public with false information in order to fight communism and fight the Jews, and fight the blacks, you know, and I'm not going to say that all of it (laughs) was bad, because communism is a bad thing, don't get me wrong, but that's not the way it was presented. When they said communism, they linked with this, they linked the Jews, they linked the blacks, the civil rights movement. Martin Luther King was a communist, and you you can search William Branham's sermons and find this. They, They bundled all of this in the package of this loaded language of communism, and I have to say, this was one of the most highly effective propaganda schemes that I've read about in American history. Yeah, and it's it's interesting you bring up you know the um, you know uh, people like Martin Luther King, you know because even I, I've got a quote here from Branham in 1963 where he, um, 
in in the sermon he cares do you care and he said and and he's speaking of Martin Luther King here and he says i think that Martin Luther King is communistic inspired which is going to lead about a million people to absolutely a death trap see i don't say the lord told me that i believe see and i believe it shouldn't be done i think that people ought to be christians and recognize one another as brothers but i think it's just because the united states government now tells me that it, you know, and he gets into this thing here where he's talking about, I can't even sign a check because it's given me personally, see? And it's, it's, it's always one of these things where, you know, there's always money at the end of this. It's always, a, you know, it's, <laughs> it's always talking about Martin Luther King, <laughs> communist expired, and then the government won't even let me sign a check to myself. But, but yeah, and so, so yeah, so it, it's, what's interesting here is that, you know, I, I see some people use uh terms like this you know quotes like this and say well see branham he wasn't necessarily he just disagreed with martin luther king and it was because of the communism thing he believed he was a communist and he said you know i i i I, he's not saying it's because he's black you know he said i i think that we should all recognize one another as brothers but one of the things you see in some of these movements is is there, there there's there's a quiet part that they're not saying it's like I see you as brothers, but I see you as brothers over there. You can be over there in your country, just not in my country. Don't mix with us, but I, I, I want to see you as brothers, but you know, not, not mingling, not mingling. See, <laughs> it's, it's so interesting to see how there, there's always this double speak, you know, going on. Um, but one of the things that's interesting too, you know, even moving off of that in the whole communism thing, um, you had this whole, attack on Hollywood back in those, the, the, those early days. And you had, um, you know, people like J. Edgar Hoover who had it out for anything that was, that was, that he considered anti-Americanism and communism was top on his list. And like you said, there was this witch hunt about everybody in the world at some point was accused of being a communist back in those days, you know, and, and one of the easy targets were, um, people in, in the arts, people in movies, you know, cause, you know, one of the things that, you know, you see is, is sometimes people can be sympathetic to other ideologies and it's not, and sometimes it's not because they're sympathetic to the ideology itself. It's because each ideology has a kernel of something that affects people. You know, um, you know, you talk about in, 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 you know, class-based systems where it's like, okay, where we want to tear down the class-based system because it's, it's keeping the normal guy down. And you're like, okay, I can see things about that. And then you see a larger movement create around that. And you're like, okay, I see larger, I see larger problems here with this movement, but maybe not the kernel of the thing here at the bottom where it's like, we want to talk about protecting the little guy and not keeping the big oligarchs or something coming in and, and, and stomping them down. And so you'll see like, uh, you'll see different artists and stuff like that. And even somebody like Charlie Chaplin said that, you know, let's, let's take the good out of, of communism and, and leave the bad. And you're like, okay, cause there, there's actually something there that, there's people being hurt by, because if it didn't affect people and it didn't, if there wasn't something in there that resonated with people, a certain message, they, they, they wouldn't even, uh, it wouldn't even get the movement it does. But because these things are actually, um, a, trying to address, um, real world problems, you, you, you see the, you see that people actually get caught up in these things. But, but because of this, you know, and Charlie Chaplin's sort of open-mindedness about some of these things, you see that he was viciously attacked by people like, um, like J. Edgar Hoover and, and, and tried and conspired against him constantly, tried to get him, you know, booted from the country and stuff like that because he believed he was a communist. 
But one of the things that I thought was interesting is how um, you see ministers today still promoting these things about people like Charlie Chaplin. And, um, you know, we've got a minister here saying some things, some interesting things about Charlie Chaplin. And uh, I guess we'll just let him speak for himself and we'll dig in a little further. It started way back in the 1890s, back in Paris. And in Paris, they sent all their fashions over here. You know what? Until the turn of the century, there was no such thing as a moving picture. Some of you young people may not realize there was no television. There was no movie. There was none of that things over there. But Satan, and at first, Satan came up. It was Charlie Chaplin, and it was the talking. Just, just people moving around, no sound. And people were, were dazzled by that. <laughs> so Charlie Chaplin is the <laughs> devil, man. <laughs> so we've talked about this some in the past about how, you know, the white supremacy agenda was against Hollywood and the movies and the reasons why, you know, the interracial marriages and... Um, you had, you know, William Branham coming out against I Love Lucy because it's one of the first open interracial marriages that was displayed on television. <clears throat> well, Charlie Chaplin, they targeted him. They targeted several different ones they claimed to be in the Jewish conspiracy. And usually it, it was somebody who was either A, was a Jew, B, who was had ties back into Russia or communism or see the Catholic church. <laughs> it was always one of those three <laughs> because again, that's the framework of white supremacy. And when you hear white supremacy today, like I even just heard you mentioning this a few, few minutes back, but you think this is hate against people with black skin and that's it. It's just hate. But it really wasn't that. There, it was this notion that the communists had invaded the United States, the political system, and specifically the education system. Because, again, we're talking about the civil rights movement. We're talking about the desegregation of the public school system. And they were more against the race mixing. And they said, essentially, that the Jews had invaded United States politics to produce the civil rights movement. And the civil rights movement was causing a race-mixing propaganda in the United States. It wasn't really that they hated the black people. In fact, some of them felt sorry for the black people because they were born with, quote-unquote, the curse. <laughs> and that ties into the Christian identity doctrines of Wesley Swift, which we talked about in the historical podcast. William Branham called it his, quote-unquote, serpent seed um, you know, theology and understanding that it would take another few different episodes because it's so convoluted. When you hear William Branham say it, he doesn't use the word Jew or black. The theology was such that whenever, according to Swift, when Eve from the Garden of Eden mated with the serpent to produce Cain, that bloodline could be traced throughout time. And he traces it through Ham, who they believe to be the father of the people with black skin in Africa. So Swift is saying literally that this curse went into Africa through Ham, and that's why we have the black people. <laughs> that was the theology. It's completely false theology. William Branham, when he introduced it as his sermon, the serpent seed, he called it the serpent seed because it was the seed of the serpent, just like Swift, and he traces it in that sermon through the same lineage but because he doesn't specifically use the word black or Jew, 
people think it's not racist. And it was, I've mentioned this with Charles the other day. <laughs> this is one of the most strategic things that could have happened. I don't know if it was a strategy and a planned strategy. I'm still kind of on the fence. But if it was, this was one of the most strategic things that ever could have happened. Because what happened was he swayed people to the mindset that made them a fertile ground to be consumed by white supremacy. They believed the premise of white supremacy through William Branham. Well, now these white supremacists can come in and recruit them into the Klan or whatever is the, the dominant white supremacy organization in the area. And like you said, they're targeting all of these specific people who have links to either Judaism, communism, or Catholicism. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, you know, and, you know, see, I didn't know much about Charlie Chaplin growing up. I, I was never really influenced by those movies. I never saw any of that work. Um, I, t I feel like I remember at one point in my life, someone telling me that Charlie Chaplin was a communist and I don't know where I picked that up at. And I don't know why I thought that, but I, f it, but it, I feel like I have that, that pre-formed idea in my mind somewhere. And I don't know really where that came from. Um, but one of the things that I did in preparation for this this uh, this episode here on communism, is I watched his film, his one of his most famous films, The Great Dictator, where he parodies, um, you know, uh, Hitler. And you know, one of the things that you know we've pointed out is that there is there is a difference between communism and Nazism. But um, one of the things in in the film is he is he mocks Hitler openly. I mean. I mean, Goebbels, I mean, the, the character standing for Goebbels is his name is Garbage. And he always calls him, he says, you know, come here, Garbage. <laughs> you know? <And> it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like when you know who Goebbels was and, and, and the, 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 the role he played in, in the propaganda coming out of Nazi Germany and, and to actually help turn the minds of the people against Jews. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a fitting name for somebody like Goebbels, Garbage. Um, but yeah, and, and so you, you look at the film. And one of the, one of the most famous moments in the film is at the very end where his character, you know, that the, the fool that he plays a lot in his, in his previous uh, roles where there was no speaking in those films, um, you know, he ends up mistaken for Hitler and he's up on the stage and, and, and he, he ends up giving this speech and it's a complete, uh, refutation of, you know, totalitarian rules, dictatorships, uh, telling the people not to be uh, consumed by these brutes who are trying to, you know, rule their minds and turn them against other people. And, you know, it's, 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 it's a cry for humanity and for people to come together. And, and, and we don't, we don't hate naturally. Hate is usually brought on by other people trying to get us to hate each other and all these things. And, and it's a very unifying sort of speech. And I was listening to this thing and I'm like, I don't hear communism in this. And, 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 and I don't hear anything coming out of this film that, that leads me to think this guy was, was, was inspired by Satan to make these sorts of works. And so when you hear, when you hear a minister like this talking about how Satan was using people like Charlie Chaplin, it's like, where's he even getting this notion from? Cause I don't see this in this film. Right. And coincidentally, Charlie Chaplin is one of the key figures that was targeted by the Klan. The, there were, in fact, there's a Chaplin film. It was, um, which one? The Pilgrim was banned by the Klan. <clears throat> you know, there was just, there was this strong alignment between, are you a white supremacist or 
are you a communist that we're going to target? That's, that's the way this worked. <clears throat> and it's so interesting that today, in a movement that is so disconnected from this, I, I have watched Charlie Chaplin films, and I actually like them. <laughs> They're really good. <clears throat> They're silent. and Most of them are silent, but some of them have words. But I've seen the silent ones, and I, uh, <laughs> I won't give his name, but I actually sat in the living room of a very prominent message. Um, <clears throat> I guess I could call him a message leader. He, <laughs> he had a, a very ranking position. I'll just say it like that. <clears throat> and we watched a Charlie Chaplin film. And here I am a kid. I'm not supposed to watch television or movies. And well, he's got this film projector in his living room, man. <laughs> and Charlie Chaplin. We saw Charlie Chaplin. We saw um, Amos and Andy, which is you know, it's weird. It's got these black skin, these white people with black paint on, uh, blackface. And um, it's either Abbott and Costello or Laurel and Hardy, one of the one of the two. But I watched all these films, and I liked them. I did not know that you weren't supposed to. And apparently he didn't either because <laughs> it was one of the targets of this thing, right? And, but it's right. so interesting to hear. I mean, this is 2023, man. These people have no idea what it is that they're saying. They have no idea where it came from. And, you know, they're manipulated and brainwashed to be parrots, and they're parroting something that is so purely evil. And yet they have no idea what it is. And these people pay 10% of their earnings to these guys who have only one job, man. They have one single job, and that's to try to understand what it is they're preaching so that they can help the sheep into heaven, and they're not even doing that. Like, they have no clue that what they're preaching is so heavily racist that they're no better than the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, and it's, it's, it, it is, it's amazing when you, it's so important, and it's something that as I've done more research, deprogramming, coming out of this thing, figuring out where these things come from, and the more you see the different influences from like back in like the 1940s and 30s of things that were established and promoted. And then you're hearing them in pews in, in, in 2020, you know, and 2023, all these, you know, the, the more in current times. And you're in, and, and yeah, it's so important to know where these things came from because once you see the origins of some of these things, it's easier to go, okay, this isn't God. This is just your racist ideology. You know? And you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, looking back and, and, and I've been so curious about, you know, Branham's, you know, attacks on Martin Luther King, because, you know, today we see Martin Luther King as such a, um, you know, as such a good person because he, you know, he, you know, the, the whole message was, you know, I want to be judged not on the color of my skin, but the content of my character, you know, and, and you just think about that in, in, in life, you know, that, that, that's such a thing that everyone should want to be judged by in all rates, not, not even just color. Just, you know, judge me by, by the things I do, not your presuppositions about don't, don't judge the book by its cover, you know? And, but one of the things that is so interesting to me is, is I started digging into some of this stuff and, and, and you look and even, even the FBI was, was so against Martin Luther King. And, you know, the FBI at the time was run by J. Edgar Hoover. Um, and at one point they actually sent a suicide letter to King to try to get him to, to commit suicide. And, and there's all these dark things that happened. And 
the reason why I bring this up in in, in the context of of Branham is because Branham used the name of J. Edgar Hoover a lot. Um, one of the things that he did early on in his ministry was in the promotion of his supposed halo photo, where he would he would call George Lacey as the man who who um who said this was authentic, and he called him one of Hoover's boys at the FBI. Uh, so Hoover was mentioned a lot around in 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 those um in those days, and one of the things that um I come across when I was I was I was trying to figure out how many times did Branham actually mention Hoover. And one of the things that Hoover did a lot was he would put out these articles in uh, Christian Today. And there would always be these blasts on communism as trying to filter its way into the pulpits of America. And, you know, the ministers have to be vigilant against the communist, uh, you know, thing trying to come in. And they're getting into the education and they're trying to have their way with the minds of the people by getting into the clergy and all this kind of stuff. And one of the things that I thought was interesting... Uh, when it comes to Branham is that in this, in this quote here, uh, from, uh, the flashing red light, the sign of his coming in 1963. And he was talking about how he was wanting to read these great remarks. He said, these great remarks. I had something from Edgar Hoover on that. I don't know. I thought I had it laying here, but I haven't of what he said about it, you know, and now we find these things. Oh my. And he just goes on into his sermon and you see that Edgar Hoover was somebody that Branham was either influenced by or trying to use his influence to um to sort of help promote certain ideas and so he's literally in this moment he's wanting to read something and i assume it's probably from his one of his christian today articles and literally he's wanted to read it across the pulpit and the only reason it doesn't get read in his sermon is because when he goes to bring his notes out, he misplaces it and he can't find it. It's just a, it's, it's a fascinating trail of research that I kind of stumbled upon when I, when I started looking down this. And it, it's, it, that is a spider, spider web of, 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 of rabbit trails that, that I, I don't know, man. Like I said, like we said earlier, it could probably be a whole series in itself. Just all these weird things that communism just spiders out into all these different things. Yeah. There's so much, man. And, I'm not big into conspiracy theories. I I prefer the facts and the history. But if I were, and I just lay everything out on the table to piece it together, <laughs> it's so freaky weird, man. You got Branham, who was ordained by who would later become the Imperial Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. Um, he had, before William Branham's ordination, he was the second in command of the Ku Klux Klan. So he's deeply embedded and tied to white supremacy. You've got that guy, Davis, his connections to Winrod, who's a, a literal actual Nazi, right? So that's a piece on the puzzle, a piece on the table that, you know, Nazism, white supremacy. J. Edgar Hoover, who <laughs> was, and uh, if you go back and look at the history, it looks very much like he was a homosexual man. And you've got all of these people who are, very, very closely, not just closely tied to William Branham, but who actually held the keys to Branham's kingdom. The one, J- William Branham's scribes were homosexual. Gene, Goad, Leo Mercer, different Goad family. Uh, people have asked me this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> different Goad family. <clears throat> so, you know, you've got J. Edgar Hoover's homosexual, William Branham's, hom- uh, William Branham's men are homosexual. Then this halo photograph it was taken 
from Douglas Studios. Douglas was named after Ashley, <laughs> Leslie Douglas Ashley. They called him Douglas. At the time the Halo photograph was taken, and if you go back and study the history, which I've I've got in a book, um, you, you can find it in our Leslie Douglas Ashley podcast. But <clears throat> at the time that Halo photograph was taken, he was a homo- homosexual prostitute. And Douglas Studios was organized around him, right? Douglas Studios later, during the cloud event, William Branham is supposed to be in in, in Arizona under this cloud thing that he said was seven angels. I was standing right there and looked up and there's a cloud. Well, the same exact day that that cloud occurred in Arizona was the day that... Leslie Douglas Ashley was scheduled to die, and William Branham was there in Houston, and they were organizing a, you know, a protest for his death and a stay of execution, and he got snookered into going because of Leslie Douglas Ashley's connection to the Halo photograph. We have that documented evidence. So you got all these pieces of the puzzle, right? <clears throat> How much was the Klan involved in it? I don't know. How much was J. Edgar Hoover behind it? Maybe he was, man. I don't know. But <laughs> there's just so much weirdness here that in the end, you just kind of take a step back, forget about all of this, and you ask yourself the question, what is this thing? This is not Christianity. What is this thing that I just left and I escaped? Yeah, it's 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 crazy because one of the things, like you said, some of these people may not be directly connected because um, one of the things when you get into something that's so large like this and, and the Brandon movement, all the various people that were at play and all the, you know, you've got so many different famous people that were in the healing revival um, and you've got these political interests. But sometimes you don't have to have people who are in the same camp. They can have converging interests. You know, the, the, the Nazi, the Nazi people can be wanting to go after the communists. J. Edgar Hoover can be wanting to go after the communists. And you don't have to be in alignment. Your views at the moment, it's like friends of the moment. And I'm not saying that they were directly tied together, but I'm just drawing an illustration of how some of these things can appear to be, well, I don't know if, if Edgar Hoover was this or that. Well, it doesn't have to be. It's, it's like if, if Branham, if Brand, if he was saying the things that Branham's ideology already espoused and agreed with, then why not use what he's saying to go after the communists? Because that's what your other influences are saying to go after is the communists. So it's just one of those things where you can have converging interests and, and then it solves a lot of things. You don't have to have direct connections of people meeting in a dark room and saying, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have this larger conspiracy, you know, converging interests solves a lot of those problems. Um, but yeah, it's, it's amazing. And, and one of the things you see a lot in, in the, these movements and, and around the whole communism thing is, is, is the thing around American exceptionalism and how there's America is the shining light on the hill. And I, I love America. I'm not saying any, I'm, I'm not, don't, don't take me wrong here. I'm not saying anything about negative about America, but the, a lot of the anti-communist rhetoric was about how you know, to, to talk about how horrible these things are and to, to make America almost put it up into this godlike status of, of this is what God wants for our future. And in looking into that sort of idea, I stumbled across this other minister saying something about, you know, God's, God had chosen America in these last days to promote this message. And, and that's something you hear a lot in the message is, you know, this idea that, America is somehow special. God, God literally 
presided over the founding fathers in such a way to where America be, could be formed with its with its constitution and all these things so that someone like Branham could come in this last day and fulfill his role in scripture according to message people and without if it was communist we, we you know it couldn't happen um so yeah let's let's take a look at this this last clip here and uh and see what we think about it God, of course, chose different parts of the world by which he would progress his truth. And in the end time, Satan moved his headquarters to the west, the western side of our own nation, which was, of course, from Hollywood. Our founding fathers were led by the Spirit of God. You believe that? I believe that God allowed them, even with government and enterprise, and I know you may not like it, but let me tell you something, I prefer it way, way more than I would socialism. And God knew there would have to be people around the message that he could bless financially, that they would be able to help propagate the message. So if all of us would have been people that just live from hand to mouth, as we say, and we go from paycheck to paycheck, then I wonder how far the message and the churches and books and so on and so on, how far would it have reached around the world? Because the majority of us could have never done that. So God actually allowed people that was pretty witty when it would come to business and they would be able to get out there and make all kinds of money, but they wouldn't keep all of it for themselves, but they would have a burden to be able to print and to be able to make uh, MP3s and CDs and so on and so on and so on. Why? Because God wanted to get the message out to reach the bride around the world. Had it been in a nation where we could have not done that, under socialism or under some other type of control other than democracy, then it could have been so hindered. So the angels of the Lord, when they go about manipulating over the top of the political schemes of Satan and then every age that he's always been there, God ordained that our nation be birthed and founded on the principles of democracy. You know, that last phrase is, is really the crux of it, right, James? The, the political strategies of Satan. This whole thing, we've mentioned it before, and we've actually proven beyond the shadow of a doubt that this was a political cult that was disguised as a religious cult. And every single key figure that we identify where William Branham has taken and plagiarized some little piece of their theology or their agenda, and he says, this is a divine revelation from God. And then you find out, no, that came from Winrod, or no, that serpent seed, the first time he heard it was in Roy Davis's white supremacy church in Jeffersonville. Every single piece of this comes from a political ideology. This was a political movement, no question about it. And the sad thing is that most people today, they don't have a deep thorough understanding of history. And so the things that were very real to these people back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s that everybody knew and took for granted, we don't know today. So especially the children of these, you know, some of the elders, maybe they were part of the 60s movement. They saw <clears throat> the white supremacy rising up against civil rights. Maybe they saw this, right? But their children, their grandchildren, now their great-grandchildren, they're so disconnected, they, they don't really know that the things that William Branham is saying in his sermons are for a specific point in time. 
and the prophecies that he's giving timelines for, he's giving them timelines based off of the current political events. So years later, decades later, you know, the great-grandchildren, they have no frame of reference. So they hear this thing, oh, communism. They must be talking about Russia (laughs) invading Ukraine. (laughs) By no means is it even the same religion. But what these ministers have done is they found a way to stretch it out. The thing failed miserably. I mean, the (laughs) the founder of the religion is dead. And his prophecies that had a specific timeline, many of which required him to be in that timeline, well, he's dead. He can't even do it. So what they're doing is they're stretching it out and saying, no, it's this new event. And ignore this detail that doesn't fit, that did fit back in the 60s. And so, you know, they transformed it into something that doesn't even resemble what it was. But, you know... There's a part of what this man said that I do agree with. I do like America. I'm glad it's not a communist country or a socialist country. What I strongly disagree with is the mindset that God is so small that he could not change an entire globe of people and every different race, every different country in his own way, that it had to come from this person who we have proven beyond the shadow of a doubt lied consistently (laughs) like there's only (laughs) one consistent thing about William Branham is that he lied continually so you know God can choose anybody he wants I'll give them that but why did he choose a liar (laughs) and why (laughs) why on earth would we try to think that God is so small that it can only come from this person who is a serial liar and dominate the globe of Christianity but then dominated in a way that doesn't even resemble what it was whenever he brought it. It's like, you know, you're taking you're taking William Branham even out of that picture and you're saying that just the evolution of Christian of cult Christianity has bred what what exists today and you're saying that that evolution was God. Well, it is the most splintered, most divided religion that I'm aware of. Even in the same city, two churches won't fellowship with one another. You take any other denomination, the Baptists will get together, Methodists, even the Catholics, who <laughs> this is strongly against, <laughs> they'll all you know, fellowship with one another, but not in this cult. This is the strongest divided cult that exists today, and we're to believe that that is a movement from God. Yeah, it it's so amazing because, like you said, it, it's it's the message makes God so small, and and it it it's it's baffling. Like when you take a step back and you really look at what the message has done to the idea of God and 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 the the place you know the sort of the shackles it puts on God, you know, because um, you know the message itself and and the way what Brandon was doing, he built himself up, he put himself on this pedestal, and. For Branham to be on this pedestal in so many situations, God has to be small. God needs to be limited for Branham to be in this, in, in this position of, of power. And it's, it's amazing how ministers will say things that, like you said, God sounds so powerless. And at the same time, the message sounds so powerful. And it, 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 it is. It's such a contradiction sometimes when you, when you see ministers as they're trying to make all these things fit and they're trying to, they're trying to force a square peg into a round hole and it's like it doesn't work but they're 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 literally doing this in front of you they're they're trying to squ- force the square peg into the round hole and they're like look it fits and you're like 
it doesn't fit. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) I see it right there, but you know, it's, uh, it's crazy. I, 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 um, you know, yeah, it is. It's, it's sad. It's sad to see how, how these things are treated and, and, and abused. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's sort of the nature of how these things go when you get into these sorts of movements. Yeah, James. I mean, the fact that <laughs> we're talking about the subject of communism as a <laughs> as a sermon in a Christian, quote-unquote, Christian church, and, and even more specifically, I don't think any of the clips mention this, but this was specifically communist Russia <laughs> these guys are talking about. None of the clips mention the name Russia, but go back and search the transcripts at table.branham.org. Every single instance when it's talking about communism, it is talking about Russia, which is no longer communist. So <laughs> it's it's so strange that in today's world, <clears throat> the, these things even are even a thing that we can discuss. Why are they not talking about becoming a better person or the gospel or... You know, there has to be a there has to be some sort of a way that they can reconcile this because many of these people have no idea what they're in, and some of them, not all, but some of them are actually good people at heart. They're just in a very bad thing. But <laughs> we, we could go on for hours on communism and <clears throat> the the rabbit holes that <laughs> I went down too, man. I mean, we could do at least fifty episodes on it, but. If you have weird doctrines that you would like for us to discuss on the show, you can contact us on the web. You can find us at william-branham.org. And for an overview of the historical research of William Branham and the healing revivals, read Preacher Behind the White Hoods, a critical examination of William Branham and his message, available on Amazon, Kindle, and Audible. Audible.